Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. <clears throat> this podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm joined here with my co-host. Uh, I'm Kevin Pinkle. I think I said that. Yeah. Joined here with my co-host and a special guest. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Ryan, the uh, cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and we have a new special guest this week. Hey, I'm Connor, also known as Connorman11. Glad to be here. Yeah, we've had Counterman on a few times before. Always happy to see him. Uh, you know, always happy to see when he streams. We're a big fan of his, and uh, glad to have him on anytime we can. Because, uh, especially for something like this episode, because we have some brews. Mm. We always like to after the set has been well. I know not even out yet by the time we're recording this, but once the new set drops, we always like to you know brew up all the fun stuff before somebody who's much smarter than us solves the format and gets to play the uh, you know the winning the winningest thing. We just. Uh, We've done pretty well on these before. I think we've we've called a couple of good decks before they broke out. What do you think? Yeah, I think we did pretty good. I mean, Connor. I mean, another reason why I wanted to have Connor on is because he's always out there trying new stuff. Uh, you know, on MTGO, he's he's out there streaming it. He's he's taking the knocks for us. You know, to make sure that you know the decks in the the most optimal optimal build possible. So thank you for that, Connor. <laughs> Yes, that was the compliment I was trying to give, is that he does play some fun and unique decks, so we think that it would be perfect for something like a brew episode to have him on and share some of what he's brewing with with this brand new set. So, Connorman, what have you thought about uh, Phyrexia All Will Be One, like, as the set as a whole? Um, I haven't really seen, like, that, you know, like, we had Fable and Shieldwood, you know, in the last couple sets as just huge, like, bangers. Like, cards that just absolutely dominating, you know, in Pioneer and Standard. And I, I mm-hmm. don't really see a card like that in this set. And I'm not sure. I think that's actually a good thing. You know, like, I think if Shieldred and Fable weren't printed in, in those previous sets, I think those sets would have been almost perfect, to be honest with you. But this set looks very... Um, it actually looks like it's going to affect Standard a lot, Is is kind of my take on it. And... Really interested to see, you know, it's kind of made me interested in Standard now with all this toxic, these toxic cards and everything printed. So we'll see where it goes. It's a good Very kind cool. of toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only good toxic out there. <laughs> So what we did for this episode is that usually each of us bring, I think we each have like two to three decks. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a couple decks we're going to go over quickly that are either from some listeners or we think we've got one from Ashiak, who's our kind of temporary third host. Uh, So we kind of wanted to go through what are some of our brews from the season, some early things we think might be strong, especially decks featuring new cards, because that's what we're kind of all about here. So uh, this is our... Phyrexia All Be One Brews episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, do you want to kick us off with one of your brews from this season? So, to be honest, I'm most excited about my uh, my updates. Um, you know, we basically I I think usually we choose like an update, like just a deck that's already kind of established itself, and you know how we would change it or how we would update it. So I'm gonna go with my uh, my Bard class. Uh, okay. uh, which I think I talked about, you know, a couple, I don't know, like a couple months ago, I think when I was, when we were kind of like featuring the, uh, the deck and we're saying it's not as good. Um, uh, I think we've been going about it the wrong way. I think you've kind of said in the, uh, more, more recently, Kevin, that, uh, it should be more of an aggro deck with a combo, uh, side, side game instead of people trying to go in all in on the combo. And I think that's the correct way to go. So with my build, I got rid of cards like, uh, um, like Xenagos, the Reveler, you know, it used to have four, 
my build has two now so it's like sometimes you'll be able to plus and get like a whole bunch of uh you know mana to to activate your bard class um but it's not like the main thing anymore and in it instead of uh those uh you know the full play set of xenagos i decided to add in the new card miglos maze crusher which i talked about on my set review which is a new uh, legendary creature it's a four four for one a green and uh, a uh, one colorless mana, which basically means it's one mana if you have a bard class that's activated and in play. Otherwise, it's a huge body. It's a four-four, and it has it. The uh, it comes into play with five oil counters, and it has three abilities. You pay one uh, mana and remove an oil counter, and it gets menace and vigilance, which is great. Uh, it makes it hard to block. You want to get damage in as quickly as possible if you're playing the aggro version of this. Two is you get to remove two oil counters and it gets plus two plus two to the end of turn. So you get to pump it again, more damage, more quickly. And then in three, you can remove uh, three oil counters and destroy target artifacts or enchantment. I don't know how often you're going to be using that. You shouldn't rely on that ability, but it's nice to have it as kind of a backup. So that's like the big addition. Everything else is the same. Bergy, Gallia. I have a Golo Goro Goro to give everybody haste, you know, if I'm comboing off. Uh, or storming off with my creatures. I still got the Grimgully in here because I like to have, you know, just bigger power. I have four Hajar just because being able to sacrifice and give people more power and protecting my guys from removal is really good. You do not like uh, Supreme Verdict, you know, in these matchups. Uh, Karizev, some early menace. Uh, Ovia, Parish, Pashiri, just to give you uh, an ability to, or sorry, a creature to be able to use your uh, Mox Amber early on. Same with same thing with Zergo. I got three of those. Uh, I have one Radha because I did figure out that I do want mana from time to time. I want to be able to just get those creatures uh, onto the battlefield, and uh, you know, being able to put that land into play is is really good. And uh, also, I have uh, of course the Bard class, Oath of Nissa, and the other new thing I have in here is in the main board. I have the four Copperline Gorge, which is uh, kind of taking over for the Carplusian Forest that I had in there before. Uh, everything else, sideboard, I still have the same Abraid, Cinder Vines, a Gigantha. Clothis is in the sideboard now instead of the main board because Miglos kind of took its place. Uh, and then I got Pithing Needle, uh, Renny Volley, Strangle, and Weathered Runestone. So, who wants to go first? Who wants to give us their thoughts on Bard class? Uh, I'll, I'll start if that's cool. Um... Yeah, so I think I actually played this deck on stream once. It was a while ago. <clears throat> like, it is interesting that we did get some new... We got a new legendary creature, um, Miglos. The one thing I do want to point out about this, you know, it's a 3-mana 4-4, four, four, right? But also, just, you know, accidentally having a main deck disenchant is kind of neat, mm -hmm. right? Like, just on... Um, on Meagles. It comes in with five, you have to move three, which is quite a bit, but like against a deck like Grease Fang, you know, just having this aggressive 4-4 four, four, that also if they go for a Parhelion, you can just kill it before it attacks, mm -hmm. right? Is not the worst, you know, but th the problem I always had with these broadcast decks and kind of why I didn't stick with them myself is because um, it was just like if you didn't draw a Bard class, you know, the deck just felt very underpowered. Mm. And, and I think that's where people went wrong with the building is that they should yeah. have built it as an aggro with that as a side thing instead of relying on it too much. Yeah, I kind of like that as a, a different way to look at it. Um, you know, winning games is just going like, you know, legendary one drop into like Mox Amber and then like, you know, something for three mana on turn two, right? Mm -hmm. And 
rampant creatures in the plane just going kind of nuts like that, right? Mm-hmm. Does does seem pretty pretty you know like a decent plan without um without bard class in play. The one card that I'm interested in is Ult of Nisa. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get discounted with bard class, right? It does. It does. Yeah, okay, it's so all legendary free. spells. Okay, so it's a free draw mm-hmm. spell. Okay. And it gives you another <clears throat> creature or land, which is awesome. Yeah, and does Amber? No, Amber's only legendary creatures and planeswalkers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. But it does trigger as well if you have if you play that, and then you'll get the two triggers uh, off of the bard class. Oh yeah, if it's leveled up, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so Oathness is still an important part of the combo plan. I don't think I'd ever dump that. Yeah, you know, I, I like this. I think that Miggles, Migluz, I do wish that it wasn't <laughs> three mana mm. for his uh, disenchant ability, because I feel like that's the one I'm most excited about on him. And you know, being three mana is kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely still excited about the card. And I think that, yeah, this will help the aggro plan. I feel like that'll make the deck even uh, a little bit stronger that way. So yeah, excited to see this, and I think that Copperline Gorge is also another big pickup for the deck. You're always really wanting those early lands, so that's going to be big for it. And I think we're going to be saying that a lot with uh, any of these decks we're making that are two-color, is that we'll be excited about the addition of some of these fast lands that we've been asking for mm. for a while. Um, do you want me to go next, or should I give it off to, uh, to Connor Manning? Yeah, wh- whatever. And do you guys want to just continue on with your updates first? Sure, I'll do a real quick one. I don't think I want to go through every card choice, but I did think it was really important. Um, you know, one of my favorite decks, you know, you kind of gave one of your your favorites, and one of my favorites has always been the Enigmatic Incarnation deck. And I saw two cards right away, just as one of us, but I really did want to try both of them. And I've gotten a little chance to test them. They've both been really strong in this deck, is, of course, Elish Norn, the five mana, you know, 4-7 Vigilance is pretty sick. And then you know, permanence entering trigger your abilities twice, and it stops the opponent's ones just randomly. So that card is kind of gross in this deck. I had already, you know, bent my mana, done all kinds of stupid things to try and fit the, like, 3-5 elemental that kind of did this. But this is, you know, a much bigger body. It's much easier to hard cast it. And it also has that ability of stopping your opponent's stuff. And it even works with more stuff. Like, I don't think that one... Oh, no, that one that one triggered with everything. But, like, th- this card's just really good in the deck. And then the other one that I have liked quite a bit is Atrexa. Um, I did think I said during our set review that I thought that she would be worth trying out during the... Uh, you know, in this deck, Enigmatic. And it's just... It's a gross card. Like, it is just such a huge body when you grab it off of uh, sacking a Leyline Binding with your Enigmatic. Is you just grab the 7-7 seven, seven Flying Vigilance Death Touch Lifelink that usually draws you three cards hmm. like that is a huge amount of value um what cards just real quick if you, if you play your attracts uh, what cards are you hoping to hit you know it i'm probably looking for a creature and or an enchantment that are going to be removal but then i can also grab usually a land and i think i've got like portable hole is my only other possible hit mm-hmm. um the only other thing in this deck that i did make a real change to is that um, Elish Norn is great for this deck, but it's also great against this deck. And I think that you need mm. you need to think about that, and you need to have some kind of way to answer it. And I think the best card for that is Binding the Old Gods. Yeah. Uh, the deck used to sometimes play some of them, but Elish Norn doesn't stock sagas whatsoever. So you can still play uh, Binding the Old Gods, kill the opponent's Elish Norn, and it's something that you can sack to you know sack to your own enigmatic at some point. Yeah, because you wouldn't be able to use uh, any other type of removal on it, like. Um... Uh, any of the ETBs would just be totally negated, right? Like your deputies or uh, uh, leyline binding as well, right? 
Yep, all of those. Yikes. Yeah, just just permanence, huh? On Alice Nolan, wow. I like this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I see a value pile, and I think people like value piles. And oh yeah, this is this looks very. I think people would really enjoy playing this deck. Yeah, I think. I mean, I already do. <laughs> I think this deck's gonna see a, a ton of play the first couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then from there we'll kind of we'll kind of know where it's at, like on a competitive level. You know, if it's a real a real deck or not, because these cards like Atraxa. It's Atraxas is just an extremely interesting card. You know, it's flying, vigilance, death touch, lifelink, seven seven. And it draws you three cards, but doesn't have like I guess it doesn't have haste. You know, it's got some upside, but then it also has some you know, downside for being a seven drop. So it's mm-hmm. I'm really not sure you know, how just how good this card is gonna be, to be honest. This is kinda well, one I looked got- at and went, huh. I was gonna say that's why you have yeah, better reunion. I, I, I kind of see it as you know when you were sacking a leyline binding before, there wasn't a great just like value creature. You know, sometimes you just grab Titan of Industry, even if it's not like a matchup where it's amazing, just because you want like okay, it's a big body, and I can you know destroy an enchantment, maybe gain some life, or I can make a four four gain some life, and like that that doesn't feel amazing. I feel like I would much rather have a you know a bigger body, a flying body, a lifelink body that's also going to find you two to three good cards. Yeah, I thought it was Agent of Treachery. Yeah, you know, Agent of Treachery was another reasonable one, um, but that would get you one card. Maybe that's better against specific things where you're like worried about a Karn or something. But I think that Elish Norn is just like kind of the pure value option that you can grab. Yeah, because I, I wonder. Add- Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say. I wonder if we can fit one agent in the in the deck list somewhere. I bet that's reasonable. You know, I think I saw versions that were running like three seven drops. Um, you know, some of them had like a coma. I saw like a version that had like a titan, a coma, and an agent. Uh, I built this off of a version. I think that only started with two. Okay. Uh, I was gonna ask uh, why the radiant flames in the sideboard. Is it always been playing that card or? Yeah, I kind of grabbed a stock sideboard for the most part on okay. this one. I just needed an early sweeper, and I think that's the best one for this deck. It's so interesting to see that in you know, being played again. Who would have yeah, thought? Yeah. Radiant Flames converge. That takes me <laughs> back. Well, <laughs> you got to be a three-plus color deck. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's about it. Not too much else that's you know different from what I. Yeah, this mostly was a stock list I was updating, but I wanted to call out that the, both those two cards, I thought they were going to be good, and they've looked at least as good as I thought they would be. Well. Something I'd like to point out here, Radiant Flames can actually be quite good with mono-white humans, because if they have a Thallium play, Guardian of Thraben, then Radiant Flames is 4 mana, so you can spend 4 colors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and kills Adeline. So, Radiant Flames looking mm-hmm. decent. Nice, nice. Deck. Very cool. Alright, why don't we go to uh, Connor Man for one of his lists. Yeah, do you want to talk about your update, Connor? Alright, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Grease Fang? Oh, this Esper Parhelion, Esper Grease Fang, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this has been quite the deck. Uh, I should start off with saying that this is obviously just an updated deck, and it didn't get these really big new flashy cards like some of the other decks you know might have gotten. But this is this was already an extremely um, underrated deck. Like not a lot of people. I don't really know anybody that really plays this version of Parhelion because it's very like it's Grease Fang and then it's a control deck. 
And it was already an extremely good deck, you know, like I top aided with it just, um, you know, this past weekend. And then I had a friend who, uh, he's the guy who's kind of really got the deck to where it is. You know, I originally built it and he really, you know, got it off the ground big time. And he got all the way to the finals in, in his RC and it queued him for the Pro Tour. Like, you know, and that's like day two, like, you know, it's 16, 17 rounds of magic, right? And the -hmm. deck is really good. And it always had these slight issues with the mana base. And then, you know, we got some more, I think we got, uh, what did we get? We got slow lands and then we got some pain lands too, right? Yeah, we got the fast lands and the pain lands. The allied ones is what we didn't have before. Yeah. And so now we're getting more fast lands, which, you know... Is huge for the deck, and it's Darkslick Shore, which is a blue-black fast land, and Seacomb Coast is Azorius white-blue. And so that's really huge for this deck because, um, you know, the Painlands are, they're just, they're so medium. And then it feels really bad when, like, you have two Painlands in play, and then, like, you're casting Considers, and, you know, like, sometimes those things can really do you a lot of damage. You know, I've, I have enough, I have enough stories to sink a battleship, you know, like Triple Painland, right? And then, you know, lose the game because you, you know, you get a Zack Seed, right? So, I think the lands are going to be just another upgrade for this deck. That this deck just continuously seems to get, um, you know, these small-ish upgrades. Like, this set's obviously the fast lands. But it's also interesting, this is a kind of deck where one of the new cards from the new set might actually be good in the sideboard. But we just don't know it yet. You have to like dig real deep because the sideboard in this deck, like you know, like Void Wind, like you know, the Disdainful Stroke, like Silence, like these cards, like who who the hell plays Void Wind, right? But it's just really, <laughs> it's been just insane in the sideboard for me. You know, you can kill anything with Ward, and since Void Wind is three mana, destroy non-land permanent, can't be countered. You just don't mm-hmm. get a Ward cost, so it's been unreal for me in the sideboard. So I'm really looking forward to trying this deck out with the updated mana base. You know, I did actually play a game in my tournament on Sunday, and the Painland should have lost me the game. But my, my mm. opponent ended up punting, but I survived at one life mm. because they oh. missed lethal. So And I had a Painland in play that dealt me like 4 or 5 damage throughout the game. So, you know, if that's a fast land, that's it's a much easier win, right? So And that's what it is for the most part in the updated list, so... So speaking. So can you tell me what is that card you were saying in the sideboard that would be a nice uh, new addition from one that? Well, that, that's exactly kind of my point. Is like we don't know, like because we've been through okay. a lot of cards in the sideboard, and you know suddenly it's like okay, well Voidwind is insane, right? And like that doesn't see play anywhere, right? So it could just be a card that doesn't. So look once good. we find out what the broken card from the set is, once we find the set's Ledger Shredder, then you're gonna throw it in the sideboard of this deck, and it'll be great, is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. It's more so like just a card that like isn't good, but for some reason fits really well on our sideboard, right? And that's okay. kind of what this deck is. It, this deck can play some niche cards, you know? Like who plays Silence in this format? And like Silence <laughs> has just been insane, right? Against so, like what, um, Lotus Field and stuff like that? Well, you know, if your opponent just has a bunch of removal, you just go fourth mm-hmm. land like against Phoenix, right? I've done this I don't know how many times. And they're holding like they have running volleys and fiery impulses. And you just go and you have Pahillion in the graveyard, you play a fourth land, you know, untapped, you go silence. So your opponent can't hmm. play spells, and then you go Grease Fang, get back Pahillion, do the thing and the stuff, get the tokens, the game's over. Right? It's 
really good against Rakdos too with you know, fatal pushes and rending volleys and all that and power would kill. It's just a one-stop shop to you have four removal spells well you have zero for this turn the turn that they matter, right? And, yeah. So I have uh, something I want to say real quick. I, I know I like this deck. I like that it's kind of more of a controlling mid-range deck with kind of like the the Grease Fang combo in there. I mean, the Grease Fang can win early on. It can also win later in the game. But, like, you have your Verdicts, mm-hmm. you have your Vanishing Verse. Really good removal there. And then you're talking about the mana base, about how, you know, the uh, uh, the new Fastlands have helped out a lot. And I, But I noticed you only have three in this list. And I'm wondering, is Rafine's Tower necessary? I mean, is that extra card draw good? Or have, fixing that mana, is that good? Can't you just maybe go up to, like... I don't know, more... I would think maybe more Dark Slick Shores. It seems like you have a lot of black and, and blue. Um, the double colors, maybe you don't need uh, something slowing you down as much. But what do you think? Yeah, I think Rafine's Tower is extremely important. Playing a tower on turn one is just your best possible land drop because it is a three-color deck in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're playing Modern Legacy, you just play fetch lands and it's easy. But in Pioneer, we don't have access to fetches, so... You just have to rely on the lands that you have in your hand or you draw, right? And, you know, sometimes it's just we can courtyards, right? And just yeah. turn one with Fiend's Tower, when you're, and when you're playing cards like Shield Red and Verdict and Brazen Borrower, you know, that's like double black, double white, and double blue. Just one land being a one-stop shop, mm-hmm. you know, for all the colors is just really important in the deck. Um. Another question: When when did Shieldred get added into this list? I I didn't know it was actually in there. Yeah, so Shieldred is a really messed up card. It was added pretty recently, the last couple of weeks. Basically, what happened is, um, shout out to Kaburb. You know, he's the one going to the portal with this deck, and he was kind of saying, "I want to add Shieldred," but he didn't have time to test it. He was just busy, so he basically mm-hmm. donated, you know, to my stream to do donate donation league with Shieldred, and I put Shieldred in, and Shieldred was just insane. It won me three or four games on the spot. You know, verdict into shielded. The game's over, right? Card is just wildly busted. It's an excellent plan B. Um, now, Kevin, do you have anything else? I have one more question I was going to ask if you don't have anything else to say, Kevin. No, go ahead. Um, I noticed you only have Soren, Ventral Bloodlord as a way to get um, Grease Fang back. And I guess you don't, you're not putting as much stuff into the graveyard with like a Grizzly Salvage or Seder Wayfinder. You don't really need to have uh, Can't Stay Away. But is that enough? I mean, are you ever worried that maybe, you know, your Grease Fang is just going to get answered and, you know, you won't be able to get any of your cards back from the graveyard? Yeah, so a lot of people like to compare this deck to the Abzan deck. The You know, the two decks are extremely different. You know, Abzan a lot of times is just jam. In this deck... Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of holding on to the Grease Fang sometimes until later in the game so you can hold up Stubborn Annihilator, you can Brutality them or whatever. But Soren doesn't only get back Grease Fang in this deck, it gets back Shieldwood too. And I've had mm. a lot of lines where I went, okay, play Shieldwood, and then and then it was obvious it was going to die. They killed it. And then next mm. turn, untap, play my fifth land, you know, play Soren, down tick to get back Shieldwood and hold up Stubborn Annihilator. I actually mm. did that this past weekend and they tried to kill it again and I stubbed it and won the game. Nice. Yeah. So one's been good as the one of. Okay. Yeah, anything else, Kevin? Nope, sounds good to me. All right, move on to uh, our brews then, if that's okay. Yeah, that's what I'm That's what I'm here for. Yep. All right, so I'll go first. Um, okay, I think I'm going to start with my Anvil Blast deck. So uh, I don't know if you guys can see that on my list. Uh, this is basically 
black red sacrifice but going more for the how can i say uh the long game uh i know that you know the the john sacrifice recently is kind of more um how can i say more value like playing corvold and stuff like that this once it, it just basically puts stuff that's really hard for your opponent to interact with kind of like the old school ways and uh it gets around its weakness before of the uh karn by playing one of the new cards uh, annihilating glare so annihilating glare is the uh thing i was talking about in the set review it's one black mana sorcery and uh you can uh you have to sacrifice a creature or an artifact to uh cast this or else you have to pay uh extra four mana to do this but it kills any creature or planeswalker which is a good way an easy way to get rid of of karn and uh the rest is kind of stock you know you got your mayhem devils cauldron familiars uh some claim the firstborns village rights uh and then we're going back to the uh the anvil uh only cult anvil uh you know gameplay uh or game lines of play i guess you could say uh witch's oven i, I got some experimental synthesizers in here because that's again another artifact that you can sacrifice and get value from um we're playing the uh the new black leaf cliffs in here which i think really help out the deck uh it gives you a early play and then some of the other new cards i wouldn't say new cards but uh um, where this deck diverges is uh, we have uh, Shrapnel Blast in here. So, yeah, we have only 12 artifacts, but uh, we're also able to make uh, more artifacts, um, you know, through uh, Onico Anvils and stuff like that. Uh, maybe I need more. I'm not sure. I just, again, I just brewed this. Um, and then the other new card that I'm playing is Exuberant Fuseling, which is the uh, 01 Goblin with Trample. And uh, it gets plus one, plus zero for each oil counter on it and so whenever another creature artifact you control is put into the graveyard from the battlefield you get to put a counter on it so if you're just you know sacking your cauldron familiar two three times a turn you're putting three counters uh, on it and it's going to be like a, a five one a six one a seven one with trample it's just going to become a huge beater that you can uh, throw at your opponents uh, which I think is is kind of neat. Uh, I did kind of have a maybe board for this. I liked the, I think it was called the Vat of Rebirth that we were talking about, the one uh, mana uh, artifact that whenever you get a counter on it, or so you can get, you can put a counter on it whenever a creature dies, I think, and you uh, remove four to bring a creature back from the graveyard. That'd be a good way mm -hmm. to kind of give this maybe a little bit more uh, long game. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, sideboard is kind of stock, you know, carries Ev, Dreadbore, Obnixilis, etc. Um, but what do you guys think? Any uh, suggestions? Any uh, any uh, advice? Yeah, um, I guess I'll start. Um, village rights is is interesting um, over deadly dispute. I felt um, like I wanted less mana, that's why. So I went down like twenty one lands. Probably could do twenty lands. Yeah, well, the, the one thing mana about is better. So the, the the thing I really like about deadly dispute is that. It as an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice an artifact mm. or creature, right? Mm -hmm. And it also get, makes you an artifact in the treasure token. Mm. So I think that's probably with the extra mana because with village rights you have to sack a creature. You can't mm. sacrifice an artifact. So, and I think most people were just on um, deadly dispute over over village rights. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, that was the yeah, first I thing agree. I, I definitely do uh, deadly dispute over village rights here mm. for that exact reason. Okay, again, I just wasn't sure about the the casting cost. I didn't want to go up too more or too much with my uh, converted mana cost. 
or my curve. Yeah, the deck's pretty low curve right now, actually. It looks nice, nice curve-wise. Um, Exuberant Fusing's really interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to do this because I think I, uh, you know, I tried for a version and I ended up with something a little bit more grindy. Like I didn't go with the fuselage, and I did try out the uh, the one that can make you the one you were, the other one you're talking about that gives oil every time and you can bring back creatures. Yeah. And I just felt like the creatures you're bringing back weren't important yeah. enough. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm glad you you went for this version of it. Like this is pretty cool. All right. The Shrapnel Blast is a maybe, like, depends on... I think if you're playing Shrapnel Blast, you especially need to be playing the um, the Deadly Dispute yeah. so that you can get some more artifacts to sack for. Gotcha, but, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, think- I also don't know if you need all of the Annihilating Glares in the main board. Maybe that's a place where, like, maybe put fit Edel Pushes in the main board mm-hmm. and do Annihilating Glare in the sideboard kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I actually like I'm wondering... That. Uh, the other, the Gleeful Demolition, do you guys think if I go up a little bit more in the uh, artifact department that that could um, be a, a good way to kind of give me more fuel? Uh, one mana, three one ones? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> could, sweet. Uh, I want it in the deck, but I'm not sure. If you go up on artifacts, you might be able to, yeah. That card's really sweet. Maybe we don't have any artifact lands that are colored. It's fierce. Yeah. That artifacts lands. <laughs> yeah, like it, how good is it with uh, Darkstar Citadel, you know? Mm-hmm. Target your Citadel, just nothing dies, get three one ones. It's super good. I mean, hitting ex- hitting Synthesizer is pretty pretty nice, or like a token. Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's definitely interesting. Well, you guys want to move on to Kevin's next? Brew? Sure, yeah, let's move on to one of mine here. So I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, it seems like we all talked a little bit about artifacts, so maybe I'll stay on the artifacts train. I was looking at a couple different builds of, um, you know, I was really focusing on Skrelve, the new Defector Might. I thought that card was super interesting. And one thing we talked about during the set review that I was like, ooh, maybe he'd be good in something like In Soul, or at the very least, some kind of artifacts deck. Um, so I did try a blue-white version. I tried a mono-white version. And then where I kind of ended up with this is his final version, which is white and, like, barely splashing red. Hmm. Um, I, I was looking for sideboard options in my mono-white one. And I was like, ooh, you know, some people are splashing red just for, like, showdown of the skulls in the sideboard. And I thought that was interesting. And then I was like, maybe I'll give Shrapnel Blast a try in the main. Um, so... I'm trying a few new cards here. I definitely like the Skrelve. I think the Skrelve in this deck is fantastic. The other one that's been really, really good is Swooping Lookout. It's a one-mana, one-two artifact creature that's flying and vigilance. Um, so this thing just gets through for damage. It's a cheap artifact for the deck, which it really wanted. And it's really nice when you put like an All That Glitters or a Michigos on it mm-hmm. because it you know gets through for a ton of damage that way. Yeah. Um, because we're now playing two white, one-mana artifacts... Um, I did cut the Ghostfire Blades. They didn't have as many targets for this, but now you know I've just got a lot more aggressive one-drops. The other card I'm trying, and I've gone back and forth on, is Skrelv's Hive. Um, I've definitely felt that it's kind of slow, but what I do like about it is that it can spit out just a ton of artifacts and enchantments. You know, it's an enchantment itself, and then every turn it's making you an additional artifact. That can really puff, buff up your Patchwork Automatons, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, no, that one's when you cast. It's the Ingenious Myth that's when it enters. Um, yeah. But it can also, you know, just like you have it around for like two turns. It's like, oh, they're just mites. But then like you play a Michigos and something gets like plus eight, plus eight. Yeah, and yeah. That, that just gets through for so much damage. And all so that glitters. That's yeah. what I really like. Uh, it also makes some cheap artifacts that makes Shrapnel Blast a lot more reasonable. So in this red version, I thought Skrelv's Hive was good with Shrapnel Blast. In the mono white, I was trying like the reconfigure, or what is it called? The... Um, 
There's like that three mana angel that could be cast for six mana as an artifact, and I just like that was okay, but I liked in the red version where I've got the Skrelv's Hive for the Shrapnel Blast uh, worked out really well for me. The other thing, splashing a little bit of red, let's see play Gigantha as a sideboard card. So that's really what this deck here is doing, is playing a lot of really low down to the cre- low to the ground creatures, and then you know dropping in all the glitters or Amichigos and making them really big for cheap. Yeah, I like it. Um, super fast, super low to the ground. Uh, probably gets absolutely destroyed by uh, the uh, enchantment that exiles everything. Um, yeah, temporary lockdown is an issue. Yeah. yeah. Oof. We won't talk Wear and tear. I like that. That's a that's a throwback. I like that in the sideboard. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah, Squirrel's Hive is the one that I'm interested in too in the main deck here because it does seem like it is. You know, like the way the deck looks is it's just like sort of like Insole Artifact was. For a bit though, it was just like mm-hmm. get damage in early in the game and then you know finish you off with shrapnel blast, right? So like I'm almost I'm almost kind of on board with since you're splashing red anyways, you know playing four boars charm on top of shrapnel blast. That's a lot of burn. That could work. Cut the scroll side and try boros charm. I'm willing to try that out. And if you could do something like, you know, a Micha goes and then a boros charm for double strike, mm-hmm, that might mm-hmm. be. Oh, it yeah. does that too. Yeah, Ooh, I'm gonna give that a shot. That's that's a good call. Also, it can protect you from a verdict too. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's what I was worried about. That and also yeah. like maybe the. Oh, well, I was gonna say mono black as well, but mono black's probably not too bad because you have Skrelv. I will shout out. I tried one uh, sort of forge and forge hunter in the sideboard. Uh, I did test it, but I haven't even I w- the one time I tested it and had a matchup to bring it in. I didn't draw it, so mm. uh, yet to see exactly how it is. But in theory, you know, I'm an artifact deck. I've got a lot of things that can wield it well. Uh, it can give me protection from red creatures, and then. There are red creatures, red burn spells. That seems okay, and it just builds value if you hit with something. I, I would say one of the problems with this is just that you're just going to run out of cards. You you're you have, like, a really good start. You're really hoping that you, you get, you know, all the glitters from Michiko's strength to kind of keep the pressure on them. But it's like, you know, you run out of cards, you're done. You know, if your opponent Well, I think there, there are some slow, grindy decks in the format mm-hmm. that this will completely go underneath. And then for the decks like the red decks, that's where you're going to bring in something like three Showdown of the Skulls. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll bring in this sort of frontier. You've got the Gigantha sideboard. You're going to try and, you know, get a little bit more of those grindy options to help you out. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah I think I, if you, uh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you move the Skulls, it's kind of an interesting sideboard plan that um, I've kind of thought might be decent against Rakdos midrange, one of the most popular decks for that, is, like, I sort of think instead of Showdown, you should just maybe play Wedding Announcement. And then you can... That's an interesting like, one. Like, four Squelve, yeah. four Announcement, right? Mm-hmm-hmm. And then you mm. can just go Squelve into Announcement. And then, not only does Announcement, like, it's more likely to draw you cards off the Squelve's Hive, or you just get one once, and then it just pumps a team. Once it flips, mm-hmm. and, then, and then all of a sudden Squelve was making two twos every turn, right? So... True. That's because the problem I have with Showdown is you're a 20 land deck and then you have, you're bringing in three, four mana cards, right? So. Oh, yeah, that's fair. You know, it's not going to be the easiest to cast. That's kind of been an interesting part of the card Showdown is putting it in low land count decks and then you play Showdown and you hit a couple of, bunch of two drops or something, right? And then the Showdown and then it's not great. So. Seems like. It would struggle against Rakdos, even if you do have Skrilv. You just a lot of they're one and oneing you and getting rid of your your pressure and 
that's it. Yeah, that's definitely an issue, especially with the Shrapnel Blast version. But, you know, do what you can. Yeah. Hope that a, uh, a powerful Skrelv powering something up can get there. Yeah, I almost want a fourth uh, Skrelv. Like the one mental one. That cause you so busted. So yeah, I, I wasn't sure. You know, I think that we'll be talking about a couple of Skrelv decks here, and I'm iffy on playing four of it because I, I don't I you know, I wish it could block. Like if it could block, I would definitely play four of it, because then when it's bad, I can, you know, block with it as a chump blocker, do whatever. That's true. But the fact that like you know, if you're just kinda holding it up to be an answer to removal and like when you play another one after the first one gets killed, it's like, okay, well, now I get to wait a whole nother turn before I can do anything. It, it feels a little bit slow in that way. Um, so may, maybe there's decks that could do four of them. Like, I think that if you're going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about next, I could see playing four in that deck. Uh, but this one, I just didn't feel like it put enough pressure on to be worth playing the four. Hmm. Wow, and it's... Do it. uh, so why don't we yeah. yeah why don't we pass it off to Connor man uh, since I think we're all kind of doing our artifact decks here what do you got as your uh, your other one yeah so my my other deck here is uh, for those of you who you know have seen my stream or know me here we are again with the hammer time you know some things never change well we got a brand new card um, I love it that actually seems quite good in hammer time um, it's Two mana, two two. Kemba conjuring. That's legendary. That doesn't matter. There's four in the deck. This very very important piece of this deck because it is an equipper. It's a two mana, two two in white. And whenever Kemba or another cat enters the battlefield under your control, attach up to one target equipment you control to that creature. And then you can five mana to make a two two white cat creature token. And equip creatures you control get plus one plus one. So the big thing here is turn one Colossus Hammer, right? Colossus Hammer is a one mana equipment that gives equip creature plus 10 plus 10 and loses flying. And it's eight mana to equip. So getting it in play is cheap and equipping it is, you know, eight mana is a lot. Well, you go turn one Colossus Hammer, turn two Kemba, equip the hammer to Kemba. And Bob's your uncle. Go from there, right? That's kind of the plan. And then the rest of the deck is just kind of like, obviously playing Squelve, like the, you know, the one mana Squelve Defecto might we were just talking about. This deck might just want four of that card because that card is just so good. Um, and then you get to play, like, Lion Sash is really neat because it's also a cat. And it's, like, you know, Graveyard mm -hmm. Hate main deckable. And then, very similar to the previous deck. It's an equipment and a cat. Yeah, yeah, and it's an equipment, too. <laughs> so you can, you know, hmm. it's got we can figure on it. So it's just an interesting card as a one-of that can do a lot of different things. And then, you know... We're just like an artifact deck, Patchwork Automaton. I really like the Ward 2 on this card. <clears throat> and then, you know, you got Ginger Boot. Ginger Boot's really good in this deck because you can make it unblockable, right? Like, one mana can't be blocked, this turn except by creatures is haste. Can be really good in a lot of matchups, where you just go hammer it, unblockable, but, you know, attack you for 11, right? And then on top of that, you know, another a card from Brothers War, you know, pretty recent set, Lion's Escape. It's just a one-mana instant that gives target artifact or creature uh, hexproof and indestructible to end of turn. And you get to scry one. All for one mana. So this can protect your hammers, which is insane. <clears throat> so the deck the deck looks really... I'm really, really looking forward to see, you know, the testing this deck and, you know, once it sets out on MTGO and seeing if it's seeing if it's a real deck or not with Kemba. You know, and there's so many different ways to build a deck. I've got, like, so many deck lists. This was the one that stood out to me, so here we are, but... 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, and also I should I should say because the new cards from one we have four scrolls scrolls hive and four wedding announcement on the sideboard, <laughs> which is yeah you're, you're doing that plan. I saw that. I was yeah, like, oh yeah, he's he's beat me to it. That's a good call. And of course, apostle. But anyways, yeah. What do you guys think? So this is really interesting. You know, I didn't expect you to go for the mono white version. I thought that red white is where I was really looking at this deck. I'm really liking the fact that you can kind of play that artifact plan. Like Ginger Brute in this deck seems like it could be very powerful. You know, if you're threatening an unblockable haste creature with Sigarda's aid and hammer, like that just makes your opponent's sorcery speed removal totally useless, uh, as well as blockers totally useless. So. Um, that could be powerful. I do wish, you know, just because some of the new cards in red seemed really interesting for me. So have you checked out Cacophony Scamp? Um, I'm not good with names, but I've seen it. Okay. That one's the red 1-1 goblin warrior mm. that when it deals combat damage to a player, you can sacrifice it if you do proliferate, which doesn't matter. Well, the, the proliferate doesn't matter. Um, and when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. But this is a 1-1 that, if you equip a hammer to it, it's now an 11-11 that also deals 11 damage when it hits a player. Um, so it can be, you know, a turn two kill with this thing, literally. Uh, because you can either have a cigar to aid and equip a hammer, and then that's 22 damage. Or you can do a hammer and a resolute strike, because it happens to be a warrior, yeah. that will equip it to it, and then also do, you know, like 26 damage on turn two. Yeah, nice. so I have looked at that, at that card, actually. And I, we did try brewing up a warrior resolute strike list, but the problem is resolute strike is just so medium. Like I really want to start with Kemba because you know okay. Kemba's the closest we've ever been in Pioneer to Pure Steel Paladin, right? Because you can five man five mana make two twos, right? There's a chance that you can just grind later with a Kemba and play, right? Hmm. We'll see how how relevant that really is, but you know. That's two different decks, basically. That's the other one's a Warriors deck with Resolute Strike, which is one I'm also probably going to play too. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you get better mono with the mono white. I'm not sure if I feel the Treasure Vaults; those seem a little bit strange. Well, they're for Ingenious Smith, but yeah, I just oh yeah, the artifact count was just a little low. Okay, they might not be great, but I'm considering going down to three. But you know, I'm just so worried Smith is going to whiff. Hmm. Understood. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. I guess with red, you could also play fighter class. Yeah. But I feel like that's slightly worse than open the armor. Is it? Why is it worse? Um, it's be- it's slightly better. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it's about the it's same. same same mana cost, except you have to play a red and the white, and then you get to find something put into your hand, and that's the first level. And then after the second level, if you upgrade it, it's like what you have. They cost one to equip, or one less, I think. Well, two less. Two to less. Equip. Yeah, yeah. Two less. Yeah, I would think that would, that'd be one of my changes is to switch the open the armory for the fighter class. Well, that would have to be splashing red then. Oh, this is mono white. Is the difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is mono white. Oh, okay. I mean, look at that mana base. Red, Thirteen white. planes. Well, so the other thing I would have liked about red white is that I, I like the new Nahiri, and not many people seem to. So I thought that'd be a place to try it out, but I will have to do my own testing on that, I guess. I'll have to update the name of that then. I put red white hammer time. I thought it was gonna be hammer time that with uh, red white, so it's interesting. Um, well, I started with mono white, but yeah, Nahiri is also another card. Um, that's in a in a different deck. I haven't really completed yet because these decks are so difficult to build. Mm-hmm. But I understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have another question. Did you consider any other um, any other uh, equipment 
in the uh, the main board. So you have only the Claws Hammer, Ghost Fire Blade, and um, Shadow Spear and Maul Skyclaves. Like for example, I think my l- last season I was talking about the Thrun Battle Suit that was like two and equipped two, I think. Or maybe it's equipped one, and then it's like you get plus two, or you get you get plus plus x plus x equal to the amount of of artifacts or not artifacts um, equipment that you have. I what think it? it's called Thrun, Thrun Battle Suit. I don't know. What I called. think it was Thrun Battle Suit. I can't. Okay, okay, I've got a different idea. What about Kayla's Rex? Uh, what is it, Kayla's Recom- or Reconstruction? Rex- yeah. Oh, Kayla's- maybe instead of like Ingenious Smith or something. You yeah, that's no, maybe that's a sideboard. Is just like you know you you're in the red black deck and like that's probably a miserable matchup. And you just like I'm just gonna look at the top seven cards and oh I found a Kemba and a Skrelve and a you know Maul of the Skyclaves. Like I, <laughs> now yeah. I'm now I'm rolling. I think I would probably go up to to four Lion Slash with the four Kembas just because you get more of the cat synergy there. Uh, so the other thing that I don't see here, but I have seen in some other people who have been brewing with this list is how do you feel about Mox Amber in these lists? Because we do have Kemba and we do have Skrelve that both turn it on at very cheap mana costs. Uh, eight is not enough. You think, yeah, or a seven even in your version. You think yeah. that's not enough? Okay. I just don't think that's enough. Uh, there's quite a few things, if you guys don't mind me touching on, that you guys brought up. The first one I can remember right now is the Four Lion Sash. The problem with Lion Sash I have is it's really not good. I've, oh, it's so bad. I don't like Lion Sash. I mean, like I like I like a one of Lion Sash here. I don't like it otherwise. In I've general. played mm. it too many more times than I'd like to admit, and it's just been absolutely horrible. You know, a lot of people compare it to Scavenging Ooze and everything. It's nowhere near Scavenging Ooze. Mm. I really want to. I really want it to be a good card. It's just not. But as mm. a one of two to target here, you know, randomly you just have against like Weezfang decks or whatever. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, for their and it's tutorable as well, yeah. Yeah, so just not playing the one of just feels, you know, it just feels wrong not doing that. Okay. And then the other equipment you brought up there, um, huh, I've been kind of up and down with the equipment. I'm not actually that huge on Ghost Fireblade. Okay. Because the equip cost is, you know, it's three to equip yeah, unless it's only equips on right? a couple things. Yeah, it's just Ginger Boot and, and Automaton. You know, like Squirrel was not colorless, even though it's an artifact. So probably could cut the one Ghost Fire Blade um, and just jam something else in the main deck, you know, over Ghost Fire Blade. But yeah, there's really not... The equipment in Pioneer is not great, to be honest with mm. you. I like the um, Eater of Virtue in some of the yeah. versions, yeah. but, you know, that's I, I like it more in, like, the ones that have haste and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Kayla's Reconstruction, actually. Yeah, I think that that might be worth looking into. Yeah, and then I probably have to go down to Treasure Vaults if we're playing a card that's triple yeah. white. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, that's yeah. probably go down to a two or three. Um, but it does get tough. Like that's the thing about building these hammer decks. You know, same with like the Boris one. There's always just kind of like this problem. Like you're looking at deck and you're like, oh, like this one. You know, how many artifacts you have for Genius Smith? Where you've got, you know, you have the seven equipment right now on the deck, and then you get Ginger Boot, Squelve automaton that's what four eight eleven line slash is twelve so twelve and seven so without treasure vault you know you've only got 19 which is not a lot you know looking well, what if you cut genius myth for kayla's is that enough creatures in the i deck? don't think so 
16 seems really low. Uh, 16 is uh, okay, actually. Like, I'm just going off of how many creatures, you know, you normally would want, like, in a modern power stack you want. Mm-hmm. 15 to 16. And I think it's similar in Pioneer 2. But I'm not sure we want to play Kalos in the main deck. I think your game one plan is to just, hey, look, I'm a hammer deck. Here we go. Right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. post-board, you can go, okay, my opponent's going to have, you know, a Braids and Rending Volleys and, you know, and all the Fatal Pushes and Powerwood Kills and Stomps. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's just go Skrulls into into Wedding Announcement. Into Wedding Announcement, and then yeah. Just, yeah. I, I have, I noticed something else. Uh, another new card that I think you absolutely need at least one of, probably even in the main, is Ossification. Mm. Yeah. It's the new, you know, Enchanted Basic Land oh, you yeah, control yeah, no, exiles no, no, no. any creature or Planeswalker. So A, that can get rid of your Karns on the other side. Mm-hmm. B, it's an aura. You can find it with Open the Armory. Mm-hmm. That's true. You can mm-hmm. find it with Open the Armory. So that's probably what Shadow, or not Shadow Sphere, um, that's probably uh, what Ghostfire Blade, Blade could be. becomes. Yeah. That's actually quite okay. good. And we're playing 13 planes. I'm probably going to go up to 14 and cut a Treasure Vault. That makes sense. Yeah. And then just try okay. and figure out yeah, the artifacts, I, was just, I guess. <laughs> I was trying to see if there was any of the, like, four Mirrodin equipment that would make sense to be one more, like, searchable equipment. But uh, th- that's where I saw, like, oh, yeah, ossification should probably be in there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, with this deck is... I can't think of the card right now, but it, it's it's from Brothers War. It's one white mana. Sorcery, destroy target creature, I think, with mana value less than or equal to the number of basic planes you control true that is an option probably for you yeah we'd have to go way up on planes though like cut the treasure vaults and you know that would be less an artifact that more just play mono white it's also mm-hmm. a way to go like mm-hmm. cut the smith cut the patchwork and then just play like other good mono white cards you know like maybe recruitment officer or something as a one drop and then play more basic planes and you can play as your removal because true the patchwork might be awkward too since there's not that many artifacts to cast maybe yeah but... oh that's true it's yeah. cast Really, it's just there because it's Ward 2. Mm. Yeah, know? that's always nice. Which in your hammer deck can be very helpful to go, you know, turn 2, patchwork. And then how does your opponent kill it if it's their yeah. turn 2, right? <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. You guys, uh, I'm very excited mm. to see where this deck ends up because I yeah. think that we have the power now to play Colossus Hammer. And I think Kemba's definitely a part of it. I think Skrell will definitely be a part of it. And I agree that there's a lot of brewing to do after that. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you could play Black the Thoughtseize. Like, there's just a million things mm. you can do. Yeah. So, is it okay to move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. I know you've got to go somewhere not too long yeah. from now, so we can't take all night. But uh, let's go through your last list, and then let's quick uh, my last list, list, and we'll quick hit the one from uh, yeah. Ashiok. I think. So my last or uh, my last list is uh, Burrow's tokens, and uh, you know we were talking earlier about Skrull's Hive. This is playing Skrull's Hive, and <laughs> basically this is kind of a control deck that has a bunch of tokens as their finisher like uh, it's playing fateful absence settle the wreckage deafening clarion doom scar uh also wandering emperor not uh, just because it also makes tokens and uh it, it has a lot of enchantments that make uh the tokens so i got two legion landings i got four squirrels hive uh, i have four wedding announcements Two Outlaws Merriment, which is the one from Eldraine that like puts one in random, uh, either a 3-1, a 2-1, or a 1-2 into play with haste. Uh, 
And then I also have Assemble the Legion, which is the uh, Ravnica, I think it's Ravnica or Gatecrash uh, five mana enchantment that you put a uh, muster token on top, not mustard, but muster, and uh, <laughs> equal to the number. Of, so at, during your combat step, equal to the number of uh, muster tokens, you get a one-one red and white soldier. So it just gets bigger and bigger. Keeps throwing more and more enemy or not enemies, but uh, uh, creatures at your opponent. And you know because you know we're, we're making all these creatures. Uh, I also have a Gideon, which can either attack. Uh, as a big, you know, five-five um, indestructible guy, or put more tokens in, or if you have a, a, a huge field, just give everybody plus one, plus one, and swing for lethal. Uh, another new um, card that I had in here that I forgot. Another artifact, sorry. Another token maker's Urbrask's Forge. So it's kind of like a symbol of Legion, but it's three mana, it's two and a red. Um, artifact, and at the beginning of combat, you put an oil counter, and then create an X one. Uh, that has trample and haste, and X is a number of the oil counters on the forge. And you have to sacrifice it, but still, it's going to be a 1-1 one, one on the first turn, a 2-1 on the next turn, a 3-1 on the next turn, a 4 turn. So you just keep on, you're going to put pressure on your opponent. Everybody, Everything else is going uh, wide. This is kind of just pushing through damage. Like, the, the longer it stays on the board, the worse situation your opponent's going to be in. Um, and then uh, sideboard... I got an Elspeth in there to make a couple more tokens, uh, also to maybe you know kill stuff in uh, mono green maybe, um, and yeah, that's about it I think. So what do you guys think? What what are your thoughts on tokens, Kevin? I think wedding announcement is a good card. Okay, <laughs> I have said my piece. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I, you know you you're like, are you gonna make fun of me if I do tokens again? I was like, no, I won't make fun of you as long as you don't do black white tokens. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot of cards here that I'm like. I love Outlaws Merriman, but I don't think it's been close to playable. You know, I love Assemble of Legion. I don't think it's close to playable. Mm. Um, a lot of these cards, I just don't think make the cut. Like the the curve here is really really slow. You got a lot of four or five drops. Which is why I'm playing um, all the removal. Your curve kind of starts yeah. at three. I just don't like. Yeah, you're playing removal, but you don't have any card draw. So like, if they're, you know, you're you're not going to win any kind of mid range or grindy mm. matchup because they've got a you know if they've got a two for one that's really going to hurt you. So I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, sure, you've got a lot of enchantments, which are hard to remove, but I think even when you get one of these, like, big Assemble the Legion or something, mm-hmm. it's going to be a really long time for that to kill. Um, so I think you'll have trouble with the aggressive decks, and I think you'll have trouble with the slower decks. Would Chain to the Rocks and Portable Hole not be enough? Uh, out of the sideboard? Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, they're one-for-ones, so, like, maybe, but if your opponent's, you know dropping a bunch of fast humans or if they're dropping a bunch of you know red aggressive creatures they might just you know be able to overwhelm you there yeah. Urbrass forge is an interesting card I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing if that can do something i'd probably be more interested in the fact that it makes an artifact it sacrifices each turn you know maybe throw that in your other artifact deck mm-hmm. uh, I-, I can't get behind a lot of the the it's just very slow there's a lot of very slow okay. things in here so i can't get behind the rest of it yeah, I'm yeah. Wedding announcement's of... really the only card that can draw me cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Need to attack. So maybe you, you got anything to say on this, Conoran? Yeah, I'm kind of similar to what you're saying. The... Did we uh, do we, we lose him? him? I don't know. Oh no, he's muted. Yeah, he's muted. Oh sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 first thing that stood out to me, you know, kind of similar to what you were saying, was just the mana cost. You know, when you look at the list, it kind of stands out. You know, there's a ton of four drops and five drops in the deck right now and that's just not really you know like 
decks that are doing that are usually just playing fires of invention right so you can go fires into a four drop and mm. then next one you can play like two five drops or something right or whatever call your in and you know, do stuff like that you know Ooh. and it's kind of a reason why the decks are playing fires and then doing and then expensive cards is because it's just kind of tough to do in pioneer you know decks are just going to get underneath you mm-hmm. in multiple different ways you know like against grease fang you're going to have assemble legion you know and or baskin hand and they're just going to turn three right and then you know yeah that's going to feel bad unless you have one of your two faithful absence right then so does it does it show that i don't know how to make control decks well you you didn't put blue in them so that was your first mistake (laughs) i will never put blue in my control decks no i know i know honestly i just go more mid-range like just play a mid-range game and then you know you can throw in some 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 cheaper maybe um, some creatures that make tokens as well like i think you really want bone crusher giant um yeah yeah, that's a good one that card's just so busted and then, like, on top of that, you can play, um, oh, God, I have to remember this name. Uh, Fable of the Karn. Mirror Breaker. You can play Fable. You Fable's can play Karn. Insane. Fable like, doesn't have, I cards. was thinking Fable, but it's like it doesn't have any targets except for the other tokens. Can, maybe instead of white, you can splash black and play. Uh, See, we're just changing. You know, it's just a totally and... different game now. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah. Like, it, it's tough. Like, you, you've got a lot of lands, too, is also, you know, that's. Not that it's an issue, like you probably need a lot of lands, but having that many lands without ways to filter your draws, mm. without ways to card draw, it's going to be a lot of dead space in your hand. Yeah, um, Fable would help with that. I think, you know, maybe you could try and go with something with like Fire's Invention and Karn wouldn't be unreasonable mm-hmm. here. Um, okay. But I'm not sure if that's an Urbask's Forge deck, which I feel like is the, the new card that you're trying to build around here. Well, do you want to move on to your last one? Because I got to Sure, yeah. Let's move on to my guys. last Sorry. one here. Yeah, understood. Um, I can go pretty quick on mine as well, which is a blue-black rogues deck. You know, I'm really excited about two of the new cards that are in this deck. Actually, you know, I've got three, four, four new cards in this list. Um, So the main one is there's a rogue that's new. It's the only rogue in the set. It's a 2-1 that's unblockable for two mana. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets an oil counter. And whenever it deals combat damage, you can remove two oil counters. And then the next instant or sorcery spell you cast that turn, you copy it. Um, which is pretty sweet. You know, it's just a 2-1 unblockable is fine. And then getting some free spells is free spells. So n- nothing wrong there. And then the card that I really liked is Kaito. I think that this card, you know, maybe almost a little bit of a sleeper. Probably not because it doesn't have enough homes. But I think that it's very powerful. Um in practicing like it's just so easy to like shut down two creatures from attacking or you know plus and minus two plus the next turn and minus two the next turn like it's very easy to kind of turn this thing on Mm. even with just a little bit of help you know making tokens or like one 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 mana creatures that you're happy to recast like thea's guild enforcer and it ends up doing a lot of really powerful things i also really like with kaito the minus makes two two death touch creatures that drain for two when they die mm. uh those death touch creatures are just such a pain for red black to deal with because like it blocks a uh, a graveyard trespasser or like it blocks a, a bone crusher giant like it blocks a shield red they really just like can't attack through those very easily they don't have a good way to like they can spend a real spell to remove them get drained for two but that that's not the best use of their resources so it ends up being a really good card there um finally the other one that i'm trying out is jace uh, I was trying out Into the Story, and 
it just wasn't doing it for me. Like it was very slow. You know, sometimes it would just sit in your hand because you didn't have it turned on. Other times, like it'd be like, okay, yeah, I've got the seven cards in my graveyard or whatever, but it's still four mana to cast, which felt like taking your whole turn off just to draw cards. Um, so I tried Jace instead and ended up rather liking him. You know, this deck very much cares about milling your opponent's deck, as well as it's not that hard to hit the point where this can draw you three cards, mm. you know, even more than once. So that's pretty cool. And otherwise, it just, you know, it's kind of a grindy card. It shuts down some opponent's creatures and is a maybe it's not a three of. That's what I have right mm. now because I wanted to really be able to test it. But I think it's a worthwhile card. It plays with the kind of mill strategy of rogues and is pretty powerful. And of course, uh, last thing that's new is Dark Slick Shores. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was looking for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, only other maybe weird choice in here is I've got a couple of Rotten Reading. Yeah, I had seen ask. some Clink to Dust. Um, I was trying this instead. There's a couple things I like about it. It's very cheap to give you counters on your Mercurial Spell Dancer. So you can like easily cast this twice and then you know, double up a Drown in the Lock. That kind of thing is very powerful. Uh, it also makes the Decayed Tokens are very nice with Kaito, because you can, you know, you deal the two damage with the token, and then you bounce this token to your hand that would have died anyways. Uh, very easy to turn on his passive that way. Okay. Yeah, that was a big thing I was going to ask. I was going to ask, you know, this this deck seems a little bit, like, yeah, you do have the mill thing, um, but it doesn't seem like it's going all in on the mill thing. And I'm wondering if you're going to have enough pressure on your opponents. I don't think you ever kill them with mill. Yeah. I think that you get to the point where you've got eight in the yard, and that makes your Thief Guilds Enforcers a 3-2 Death Touch Flash. Mm-hmm. It makes your Throwing Thought Thief give everything plus one plus zero, and that and it turns your Drawn in the Locks into a hard counter spell. Are you going to have enough pressure on your opponent? That's just That's what I'm worried about. Like, if you're not going to be able to kill them fast enough or you're not gonna be able to mill them fast enough feels like you're just not gonna be able to finish out games uh well yeah i think so you know thieves guild enforcers throwing thoughts soaring thoughts thief that mm-hmm. hits for like six damage if you okay two of those in play like you know you've got some stuff that does hit pretty hard okay um connor what do you think uh there's a few things that jump out um i guess i'll touch first on what you were just talking about with, with you know is this deck gonna be fast enough you know, there's only really 12 creatures in the deck. Raisin Ball is, you know, it is a creature, but, you know, it's it's kind of more a utility card. That's generally how it's played, you know, because it doesn't really block most things. And it's a 3-mana three 3-1 three, with flying, which is fine, right? Mm. But, like, your, your main cards are the other rogues, and with only 12 of them, you know, it looks kind of like a mixed bag because you've got these, you know, two 4-mana Planeswalkers. I guess one could be 3-mana. I'm going to pay 2 life. And then you have some, like, low to the ground, you know, more aggressively slanted creatures in Thieves, Guild Enforcer, and Thought Thief, you know, and Spell Dancers. So it is, you know, there does seem to be maybe some tension there with the, you know, four mana walker and then, you know, mm-hmm. some one and two drops, right? And then the other thing I noticed, too, is only two Thought Thieves. Uh, where's the other two? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to go full on to Thoughtseize. I just had never liked four Thoughtseize when I was playing Rogues in the past. Just it kind of felt like you've got other things you need to be doing early on. Maybe it should just be four of. Uh, maybe I'll cut a Jace and something else, and that's where it should end up. Yeah, I'm really not huge on Ron Reunion. Um, 
Okay. I, I think you can't not play some kind of graveyard hate in the main because this deck would always then it would always lose to game one to Grease Fang and to Phoenix. Uh, yeah, so it was kind of between true. that or cling to. Uh, yeah, cling I'd to go dust. with cling to dust probably. That's fair. Yeah, okay. I like the I'm, card draw. I'm honestly not sure which one to play, what minion or Crank to Dust. Um, but yeah, is there any other rogues you can play? Like on top of the... There's like the Wind Robber. Uh, mm-hmm. You could play some higher mana value ones, but there's not really much else at low mana value. So like that's why people, you know, people were playing it and it wasn't great. And I felt like, you know, a new two drop for the deck might have been enough to make these two creatures get there, but... Mm understood if it doesn't maybe some mutavolts would also help yeah. you know those yeah, are it's rogues, also rogues yeah. for uh for the thought thief i don't think this is too um how can i say it's not too hungry for uh mana val- or mana well drawn the lock's a tough one um you have your urborg too so that helps out yeah yeah, it's yeah not that bad. is true you know mutavolt drawn on the lock deck right <laughs> yeah all right okay uh, i don't want to stay too long on this one so we can move on did we have uh, did you have any more, Connor, man? Otherwise, I did want to talk about one, I think, just from Ashok, just mm-hmm. to quick call it out. Yeah. He gave us a few lists that he's working on, but I, I wanted to call out. You know, he, he's got a scales list. Um, can you just uh, – let me let me see if I can repost this in our uh, Pod chat. live chat. Yeah, put that down there. Yeah, let me post yeah, it. it, it I know there's a couple other people that posted deck lists as well, and if we didn't get around to it today, we will try to maybe include some of them in the uh, – uh, what do you call – in our uh, post. So you'll be able to see some of the other uh, – user submitted x there yeah i'd really wanted to try something like this and he beat me to it so you know eight dorks uh bloated contaminator or nissa voices endicar on three um harden ranger class definitely seems great vivian definitely seems great vorinclex in the main seems totally reasonable uh werewolf pack leaders maybe the only question mark because that doesn't have anything to do with plus and plus encounters mm-hmm. if you are Jaw going cards. all in on the hardened scales yeah. um maybe i'd like the voracious hydras in the main instead mm-hmm. but uh, I think Bloated Contaminator, like Bloated Contaminator turn two into Vivian turn three just seems like so incredibly hard to beat that I want to try something like this out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, people will just say, why why aren't you playing uh, Devotion if you play it, though? Anytime you play a non-green deck that's... or sorry, Anytime you play a green deck that doesn't have Nykthos, people are like, why aren't you playing Nykthos? More reason, let's get rid of yeah. Karn. <laughs> well, the deck does have Nykthos, right? The, uh, yeah, it does. Or Nick those, but like you just don't have. Yeah, uh, yeah but like yeah, the like actual card yeah. package. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I just noticed. Dang, it is another. The Nick, Nick, yeah, for Nick those does seem a lot for this list that isn't you know needing it, mm-hmm. uh, but it is still I'm sure nice to be able to pull like an Ulamog. Uh, I don't know about Decimator or Provinces. I think I like the um, the Terrisk more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that that's this list. I want to make sure to give okay. it a, a shout out. Yeah, here. we'll post that hopefully in our uh, our links as well. Anything to add here, Connor? Otherwise, I'm going to bring us to the end of our show. Yeah, it's another... This is a classic, like, you know, there's only four hardened scales in the deck. And that was kind of mm-hmm. the problem with hardened scales deck before, is, like, they didn't turn one hardened scales. So we probably win. Right? That's kind of been the way scales decks operated before. Like, without hardened scales, the deck was just extremely underpowered. Now, this deck is a little different because you're also playing Elvish. You know, you're playing Elvish Mystic Lionel Elves. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is also a good turn one, but there's just some cards in the deck like pack leaders and the mystics that don't have anything to do with one one counters. And then mm. you're playing hardened scales, which is just a non-creature enchantment. So 
my worry is that you'll get into games where you have like a mystic, a pack leader, and other skills, <clears throat> right? And then, you know, maybe you have one or two other, you know. Well, Ranger class puts counters on them. Yeah, Ranger class does yeah, I too. Think Just versus all the I'm, I'm sure it's torn. It's it's tough here because like Werewolf Pack Leader is the only card draw, but at the same time, like maybe those should just be you know three voracious hydras because that's great with Nykthos. Hmm. Yeah, like my problem is they'll just you know like a deck like Rakdos can just kill all of your creatures that you know that are good with counters on them. Like they can kill, yeah. they can push your Contaminator, and you know and your Rish cards and stuff like that, and just leave you with you know pack leaders and stuff like that in play, right? And mm. and and hardened scales is essentially it's not a creature, it's an enchantment, right? So you're then minus a creature to make another creature bigger that just is gonna get fatal pushed, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like unfortunately the format just comes down to like Rakdos and yeah. what's your plan versus that deck, right? Yeah. And then branch out from there. Yeah, especially with it being like a full wishboard, I think that you, you don't have any answers to the Rakdos matchup in your sideboard, that would be tough. Mm. Well that's true, yeah, it's 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 fifteen wish targets, huh? Uh, maybe the Voracious Hydras come in, but yeah. Yeah, well... All right, we'll talk to Ashiak about it. Tell mm. him why he's wrong. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to bring us towards the end of our show here. Guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to these brews for the new set. Um, you know, If you liked hearing this kind of content, if you want to see more, you know, follow us on, on Twitter. It's the best place to keep up to date, and we are at MTG Pioneer on Twitter. You can find a link to our Discord there if you want to be even more in touch and talk to us about all kinds of magic things. Check out our you know links from the show. All of that is in our Discord. And you guys can find me uh, on twitter as well at uh, yo japan hobbyist and we have had a lot of people putting their list in the deck list section we got some pretty sweet ones up there like i said i'll try to include some of them but um if you want to see them all definitely stop into the discord and check out our, our deck list channel to see what people are brewing with and connor uh, any shout outs any uh, promotions yes first of all shout out to kaburb uh for the esper list and going to the it. and then uh i'm a streamer so, you know, I stream around three times a week, usually Tuesday to Wednesday in the evening Pacific time. You know, my Twitch handle is Connorman11 with one N. Um, I play a ton of Pioneer. Mm. Um, and, you know, I have a Twitter too, same as my Twitch, just Connorman11. And it's just almost all Pioneer, a little bit of modern mixed in. I might be getting into standard because I the new set looks pretty sweet standard mm. you know play, being able to play you know poison counters or infect with mm-hmm. toxic seems great but yeah that's that's me seems like fun yep absolutely go ahead and follow Connorman. he's one of my favorite streamers he should be one of yours too if you care about pioneer <laughs> and that's what we are we are the first pioneers podcast and we are all about the pioneer format keeping our listeners up to date with what is new interesting and powerful in the world of pioneer I think that's what I usually say at the end. And then, uh, you know, that's going to bring us into our show. And we are the first pioneers, and it's getting worse every week. (laughs) All right.